Pakteros. Praise God. Hallelujah. Pakteros for his Susiamar Kurdelelang. Praise God that for the sake of Jesus I also became a Kurd. Pakteros. This is my second visit here. And I'm very grateful to Brother Edward and Brother Charles for this opportunity. I came back from Armenia one month ago. <laughs> was reminded of Armenia because I speak Armenian accent. Are you happy here today? I'd like to see the joy in your faces. I'm happy to be here, be it as a Kurd or as an Assyrian person. Praise the Lord. With football, without football, hallelujah. Yes. Football is at me as in Taran's football, make up podcasts. It's a very quiet asset, yes. Havat Kunevor, Amen Mart, Ira Hamar, Ira Batmutuni, Ni Ira Gyankimet. As our brother shared, each person has their own personal history and story. Yes, Naraki Manmen were and Jamanavur Parskastanur Miemni. I know that when I was living in Iran, Yakpar Edward was seven stata. Brother Edward, who's sitting here with us, he was a great enemy. But God has worked between us because now we're able to work alongside each other. I'd like to share my testimony with you so that you might know what has taken place in my life. As I was praying and preparing my, my message for today, uh, God gave me a picture about the life of Moses. Many of you know about Moses. And you know the story of Moses' life. I'm sure you've read it. I strongly believe that when God saves us, He saves us to do good works for Him. And I strongly believe that the salvation that we have received should not be kept for ourselves, kept in our own hearts. We have to do some kind of work for him. And that's why um, God calls the church his body. We know that in the body there are not only eyes or ears, there are other organs as well. And we can read in scripture that God is looking, his eyes are roaming all around the world for a heart that is devoted to him. And 
I strongly believe that each and every one of us can do some work for God. It doesn't matter how young or old you are, everyone can do something for God. Whatever we have or whatever we don't have, it doesn't matter what our resources are, we can do something for Jesus. I don't believe that only preachers or pastors can do something for God, can do some work for God. All of us, each one of us, can do something for Him. When we go to be the Lord and we see Him face to face, we have to be ready to give answers to two questions. The first question will be, when I brought you to salvation, what did you do for me? And the second thing I gave you, with the resources I gave you, what did you do for me? And with this in mind, with this context in mind, let's look and see what happened in Moses' life. The Bible says, if anyone gives even a cup of water to the least of these, he does it unto me. Sorry, <laughs> We know the story of Moses, uh, a lot happens uh, and up to the point where he takes his sheep out to graze in the pasture. I'm speaking, I'm speaking in very simple Armenian so that everyone will understand. I'm not using difficult words. If I make mistakes, you'll help correct me. Moses was walking and he saw a bush that was speaking to him. It was a burning bush and he heard a voice coming from the bush. And he felt in his heart he should go up to the bush and find out what was going on. And we know that in, in that part of the world in summer it can be extremely hot and trees and bushes can catch fire. But this bush was different because it was burning but it was not being burned out. There was a bush that was burning without the wood being burnt up and a voice was speaking from the bush. The Bible says that because Moses responded to the voice in his heart to go up to the bush and see what was happening, God was able to speak with him. And I believe if you have a desire in your heart and you're responding to that desire and you're ready to go and do something, God will speak with you. The first thing that God said to Moses was, remove your sandals because you are standing on holy ground. 
And now in many different customs when we see that people take off their shoes, it originates from this passage. Moses, remove your sandals because with those sandals you have been in many different places and you've brought the dirt from many different places. But now you're standing on holy ground and you can't enter that ground with sandals. Maybe Moses was a bit perplexed. But God did not leave Moses in that perplexed state. He said, I am your God, the God of Abraham. And he wanted to affirm to Moses that I am also your God. I'm very grateful that I can now say to God that you, God, you are my God. And we see that Moses standing by the bush is now having a conversation with God. Egypt. You have, uh, and, Moses, and God tells Moses that now you have to go into Egypt. And Moses says, how, how can I go to Egypt? Who am I to be able to go into Egypt? And God knows that Moses is weak and can't do much on his own. And God, God says, of course you cannot on your own. But I will show you how I'm going to help you. Of course, we as everyday people cannot do anything by ourselves. Jesus himself said that apart from me, you can do nothing. I know that. Because I know that I know that and I'm aware of that, God can start using me. But if I protest and I, I believe that I can do something in my own strength and try and do it in my own strength, God will let me be and leave me alone to get on with it myself. Moses said, if I go to them, how will they believe that you have sent me? This is what God said to Moses. He said, Moses, what do you have in your hands now? What do you have in your hands? Uh, in different languages, people use the idiom that I have nothing in, in my hands to be able to do something. I can't do anything because I've got nothing to do with. I've got no tools in my hands. God asked Moses, Moses, what do you have with you right now in your hands? He said, I have a staff. Just a staff, a stick. If we, if we imagine seeing someone in the hills in the pastures with a staff or a stick, what would we imagine him to be? We wouldn't expect him to, to start singing a song with a microphone, would we? We'd imagine he's a shepherd. 
Whatever you have in your hand represents the garden that you have. If you see someone in a, in a football strip and with a, with a ball in his hand, you wouldn't say, ah, I'm sure this person is a great singer. You'd say he's a footballer. Or if you see someone with a violin strapped to their shoulder or to their back, you'd say, ah, that person's a violinist. So God is asking Moses, he already knows the answer, but he's asking Moses, what do you have in your hand? Moses says, I have a staff. What does God want to tell us today? God wanted to say to Moses, because of this staff, you are known to everyone as a shepherd. And I also see you as a shepherd. And you know that you are a shepherd. Because you, you, have, you have responsibility for several sheep. But I want to carry out a big work in your life. I want you to have, take what you have in your hand right now and throw it on the ground. Throw it on the floor. Put some distance between yourself and the staff. Because the staff identified you, it defined you. The staff before was the symbol of your strength, of your authority as a shepherd. And the staff sim- symbolized the people that you generated your income from being a shepherd. All those things represented by the staff throw to one side. He's saying, leave it behind, leave those things behind. So what happened when Moses threw his staff to one side? What happened? What did it become? It became a snake. Um, Whenever we read about snakes in the Bible, we were used to having them having snakes represent Satan. But we don't want to talk about Satan today. Satan wants wants to think about us and be involved in our lives, but we don't want to think about him today. What did I want to say? That staff which represented Moses' status, his identity, his source of income, his authority, his influence, all those things represented in the staff, God turned into a snake. 
And it wasn't it was no longer an immobile uh, stick it became a moving snake. It has life. Moses asma bakhatset vortesabet otu bakhatsaf. The Bible tells us that when Moses saw the snake he got scared. Eto asvas Mosesin atsas himakna vortespulni. And God told him take the snake where from? Bible says from the tail. Mish otuk pulnen irakulkhits. Usually Usually the wise thing to do yeah. is to grab a snake from its head so it doesn't bite you. But God said something different to Moses. He said, grab it by the tail. Do you know why? Why did God do that? Because even if God gives us a snake, he will never allow that snake to come back and bite us. If, I, if, if my Armenian was more poetic, I'd be able to express myself in a more poetic way. But because um, your Armenian isn't that standard either, I'm saying it this way. God wanted to tell Moses, Moses, you're nothing. Your identity represented by this stuff which you throw into one side, I will change. I will give life to that stuff. If you don't believe that I can do it, take back the stick. He took, took the stick and the snake, the snake became a staff again. This is how I interpret it. I don't know. So what do I want to communicate to you? How do I interpret this? God is saying, what do you have in your hand today? What has God placed in your possession today? Which you can use for him. Often he gives very beautiful things in my possession. But I use that for myself to generate money to strengthen myself for my family's benefit. And in all different ways, I use it just for my advantage. I want to use those possessions to show the world that this is who I am. I am the pastor. I am a preacher. I am all these things. But God reminds us, who gave you all these possessions? If we're not careful, whatever God has given to me can just become a dry stick. But God, tell, God reminds us that when you reach a point where you realize you cannot do anything in your own strength, He calls us to throw aside our possessions, to give them up. Because if you give them up, if you throw them at the feet of God, I can change your identity, God says. I can change your income. If you, if you thought uh, you were generating money before, he can increase that. If you thought that your, your, that stick was your source of strength, I can give you greater strength. What do we have in our possession today? 
If I use for him what I have in my possession, if God has given me something and I've, I haven't used it for him and I've had it in my possession, God is saying, give it up, throw it down. Because you are standing on holy ground. Take off your shoes. Change your direction. You've come to my presence. I'd like to teach you so that you may know that you can be mighty. At that point, when you stop thinking just of yourself, and start, at that point, you start thinking of how you can work for other people's benefit. Uh, Paul says in Corinthians that he's glad that he has been called not to worship man but to worship God. Because he knows that if he worships man, he has to give an answer to man. He has to um, he has to satisfy the needs and, and requests of the person who has employed him. He has to write reports. Even if he writes a false report. So even if he has to write several reports, he just has to show that he's doing something to his boss. But, But Paul says, if I worship you, then I give my answer just to you. Because I'm no longer just a dry stick. Because that which I thought I lived by, that which I thought defined me, I've, I've submitted and thrown at your feet. And then after that, we read that whenever God wanted to use Moses, he would instruct Moses how to use a stick to draw water from the rock and in many other instances. Don't you think it was perfectly possible for God to tell Moses, just raise your arm and give the command and the Red Sea would open? He could have. Why did God absolutely choose to use Moses' staff? Because he wanted to remind Moses of what happened when he first took, when Moses first gave up the staff to God. He wanted to remind Moses that this is not being done in your strength. It's not being done through your identity. Not through your income. Whatever you had represented by that staff, I have now transformed and is being used for my glory. Jesus Christ said that we are the body. I said at the beginning that every person in the body of Christ has a role to play. These are just my thoughts which I'd like to share with you.
I believe that we are living in the last days and Jesus is going to come soon. Many churches in these last days are not working as one body. All that's left in the body in these churches is the mouth and the tongue and all there is is talk. There are no hands, no legs, no other organs. The heart is not there. And because of that, things dry up. I don't want to be part of a church which is just about the mouth, which is just about the talk. I want to tell God that I want to do something for him, to work for him. I want to be legs and arms as well. To be everything. If all of us think like this, nothing will be able to stop the church moving forward. We won't be dry. I'd like to close by sharing this story. Several years ago, someone who would see me, I would, would always ask me how many people now come to your church. Are there more or less? And this person would always ask me the same question. How many people now come to your church? And it would irritate you. And I would go and count and see how many people are coming, how many of each generation are coming. And it's like this is a new illness, a new virus in the church. Because this person would always ask me, so now how many people come to your meetings? Uh, if it was up to me and my wife, we'd, just, uh, we'd have lots of children and be able to increase the church that way. So do you know what answer I gave to that man? One day it will be revealed just how many people are present in every church. When Jesus comes, when Jesus comes, we'll see how many people remain in that church. That will be the ultimate test. And if we're 50 people, and Jesus comes back, and 50 of us join him in heaven, and no one is left behind, then hallelujah. But if Jesus comes, and of that 50, 48 people left, are left behind, and two people go to heaven, that's, that's miserable. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So wouldn't it be terrible if everyone's gone and we're left behind? Let's stand together. I finished my message. I'd like to end with a challenge. 
God is asking us, what do you have in your possession, in your hand? Maybe 10 years ago, he gave you some work to do for him. And now he asks you, what have you done with the task I set you? What do we, we can't say him, tell him, well, God, whatever you gave me has dried up and gone. God tells us today, what do you have in your hand, in your possession? And this scripture which I read really was a surprise for me. Because it, it challenges me to think, what have I done with those things that God has entrusted to me? Have I done something useful or have I allowed those things to just dry up? If you have things which God has entrusted to you, which he has given to you, and they've dried up, maybe now God is calling you to give those things up again and throw them to his feet. In the name of Jesus, let's submit those things to the feet of Jesus. Then the gardens we work in will change. Our income will. I'm not talking about financial income. Because if I have money in one hand, and I have the status in front of the whole world, maybe I'll be able to do something with that money. But if I'm respected by the world only, that could become a big problem in my life. I want to carry out the task, do something that is recognized and respected by God. And then man, man will respect that second. I pray in the name of Jesus that whatever has become dried up and shriveled in our lives that which God has given us to use for him be it months or years ago that now has dried up I pray that my, the way of my life will change because I am standing on his holy ground and God is calling me to submit again these things to his feet. God can give life to those dead, dried possessions. He can strengthen those things and use them. And I can use those things yet again for his glory. Praise God for Jesus Christ. If there is someone here today who doesn't know God, in the name of Jesus, I want to tell you that Jesus is here now. God is here now. He loves you. He can entrust great tasks to you so that you wouldn't feel yourself to be worthless. You are worthy of 
God's love in Jesus' name. Because God gave His Son for you. If God can change a man like me, and He brought me out of drug addiction, He can definitely change you as well. He can give you great joy in the name of Jesus. He can give you life in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 24 years ago I was dry. But now I have life. I can move. I can be strong. I can go forward. Not in my strength, but in his strength. Same for you. If you believe that today God has spoken to your heart, come forward and we'll pray with you. And God can begin a new work in your life. In the name of Jesus. Amen.